Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 126, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today in the studio, we're joined by two gentlemen from Rockwell Brewery. We have Scott McKernan for actually second time, maybe yeah, second time. Been, yeah. uh, the head brewer, and Paul Tinney the first time because he didn't feel like joining us the first on the, the I was, first yes, visit. Absent for some poor reason, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> co-founder and co-owner Correct. of the brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, first I I didn't. Graham showed up late and then rushed us right into recording, so I didn't get to tell you yet that it's fu- it's also fun to watch the glares that I get from Graham throughout the episode, Paul. Since if you've never been here, um, this is really good. I like this. Yeah, it's you like nice, this one? A nice subtle apricot Cheers. flavor. Turn the, the the logo in the correct position. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Lance. You gotta make sure you have branding on point. Yes. Um. But it's a, it's a nice, subtle goza. It's not – like, I don't feel like my hands are going to swell up after drinking. It doesn't seem overly salty. Is that your go-to feature when you want to drink a, a goza? Is it well, the hand swelling? Well, I mean, it was mainly – it was the last um, Frederick uh, Beer Festival. I spent pretty much the whole day just drinking sours or gozas. Yeah. Like I felt like my hands were kind of explode from having so much salt in my system. Yeah, we're real happy with this one. Uh, I'll let Scott tell you a little more about the the provenance of this, but it was a collaboration beer with Antietam, and uh, primarily because they have a canning line, so you know <laughs> comes in handy. They, they got better equipment. Yeah, so, we yeah. can make a lot more beer there. Yeah, the fifteen barrel system in a three and a half. <laughs> it's like the guy that's got the better football when you go to the playground. We we. You want to play with his equipment, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, it worked out well because it it turned out great. Um, So I know you you guys want to talk about your two year anniversary party, and I'm trying to decide: do I want to talk about what I want to talk about first, which has absolutely nothing to do with beer, or (laughs) actually, let's just we'll talk about being two years old. So you're fully into a toddler stage now. Um, is Scott throwing temper tantrums yet, or is he behaving? Scott's himself? in his terrible twos. No <laughs> I fight with the keg washer every once in a while. <laughs> he, does. he has to wrangle the keg washer. Yeah. No, it's been quite an adventure. I mean, we've we've really learned a lot, and it's been fun. First of all, to be part of the the booming growth in Frederick and uh, the community. Some people even say that Frederick is the East Coast capital of craft beer. I heard that they only started saying that when we opened, so we were the tipping point. I think. <laughs> But uh, we've enjoyed it, and uh, we, we try to participate best we can in the atmosphere of, of Frederick's craft brew scene. So, yeah, it's been fun. And that East Street corridor is slowly developing itself into yeah. um, a destination for beer also. It is. Uh, more, more anchor businesses in, the, in the, the string of plazas there that have really brought up uh, the traffic, and, and it makes a big difference. Yeah. Because Ian, uh, I I think at right now maybe a pipe dream isn't quite the term. I, uh, he used a different term, but the the guy who owns Wonder Books that bought that yeah. property right near you guys has the dream of opening a distillery slash brewery 
in that building. So, yeah. yeah. I, I saw the article and it, it does look like a dream. It would be a dream. <laughs> it would be a dream uh, kind of setup the way he had it pictured. So we'll see. We'll see how that develops. So the you're going to have a party, I assume. We are. We're going to throw a little party on the 30th. And uh, we're scrambling right now to finish the fit out of our outdoor beer garden. And uh, it should be fun. We, we've put uh, uh, little, you know, by the bite improvements on the area outside. But uh, uh, we, we hope to have everything ready to go. It'll be nice. And so I would say for a downtown... I guess it's still kind of downtown, right? Or downtown adjacent. According to the taxes, it is, yes. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I'm, what, like four miles outside of the city, but we're still, we still have the luxury of paying city taxes. Yeah, no, it's, um, we're, we're, we're right on the fringe. I mean, uh, some people call it walkable. We, we have a really nice big parking lot. So, yeah, so you have the benefit of a parking lot, but also, I guess, for, We'll just call it downtown. Yeah. You have a great outdoor area. It's a large space yeah. to en- enjoy some beer. And is is food still delivered from Family Meal? We have a great arrangement with Family Meal where uh, they have put up an abbreviated menu in our establishment. And we, uh, we partner with them to walk it across the parking lot. And uh, they rotate uh, the, the, the sandwich of the month. And... Um, I don't remember what it is this month. It's catfish. Oh, it's catfish. Yeah. Yeah. So, that yeah, it's great. Good. We have Brian Voltaggio, uh, uh, the chef there, who designs food that hopefully pair well with our our beer. And uh, he's actually, we, we still, we haven't done it in a while, but he designed a beer with Scott to go with his fried chicken. And we called it Buckethead. So, yeah, we, we've got a good relationship with them, and it's worked out well. So what are some details for the anniversary party? Anniversary details. I, I've got a cheat sheet here that I'm going to uh, go to. We'll have a uh, – it'll go all day. I think we start uh, around noon, um, but, you know, get there early. And uh, we'll have three different bands come in. Uh, Travis Tucker, who uh, I, I'm told is like a human jukebox. He does some really phenomenal things with requests and uh, – uh, He's formerly an American Idol contestant. I don't know how far he got, but it doesn't matter. He, he did it. So, <laughs> uh, And he'll be followed by a guy named Kevin Koa, who is a, a guitar player, uh, soul and uh, blues player. And his last name is uh, a wood <laughs> made from Hawaii that makes great guitars. Um, and he's, he's quite talented, too. And then uh, the the big headliner will be uh, the Dirty Middle, which is a blues and Americana band, the full band, and they'll play, uh, what from about five o'clock till seven. till seven. Yeah. Will that be indoor or outside? Well, it's day? planned for outdoors. Okay. So now that we've said that, we've probably cursed it. Yeah. Although actually, isn't it? Uh, we'll have food there. Two different uh, food. Uh, options rolling in. Uh, we we got uh, we really had fun events with uh, Jerk and Jive across the street from us, the Caribbean uh, Jerk Chicken uh, place. They do great stuff. And then uh, Pizza Llama, the food truck, will roll in around five o'clock, and we'll have that as well. There'll be raffles. There'll be games. There'll be endless joy, fun for for all. Some beer too. A couple of beers. Yeah. 
Jerk and Jive, that's the event you had with them was when you did the CBD beer, right? Yes, mm-hmm. we did a Caribbean beer, uh, CBD, stir it up, and uh, that went over really well. Do you have plans to do that again? I can't remember if I ever got to try. I think I did get to Maybe try. Maybe not the exact same beer, but we might do another CBD beer, yeah. CBD beers are, um, you have to be planned correctly because they have to fit in the budget. Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's CBD it's a, is not cheap. It's not yeah. a not a cheap ingredient. So, but uh, yeah, it's fun. It looks like the um, THC beer that was planned is not going to be legal. Mm. Uh, going the oh the flying bill, dog one. Yeah, the bill to uh, legalize medical cannabis edibles yeah. is stalling out in the house. So. It, doesn't look promising that it's going to pass, which mm-hmm. I assume that beer probably relies on yeah. that law. I think to... so. Yeah, you'll have to have them in to talk about it. I only know that. I think, oh, was it even planned to be a beer or a non-alcoholic? Yeah, it's near non-alcoholic. Beer, yeah. near beer, yeah. Yeah, I do want to talk about because I, I don't, it's going to be an IPA. Okay. So I don't like, how do you make an IPA that's good but not have any alcohol? Wouldn't that? I mean, that it seems like making all. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> but it's it kind of requiring that one. Brewer. Yeah, but it seems but, like it would be like a worse version of a, um, a session IPA. That'd be a faux PA, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So what was the that was that's in two weekends? That's right? on uh, March the thirtieth on Saturday, and uh, I promise the weather will be in the low seventies and sunny all day. So. It'll be perfect. Or there'll be a blizzard. Or there could be a blizzard. Who knows? It's Maryland. Yeah, well, it'll start at 70, and then <laughs> by 6 o'clock, a blizzard will roll in. So, yeah, that's what's coming up uh, imminently. And uh, we have a big event planned for uh, this Sunday. Well, by the time last this Sunday. airs, it's last Sunday. We had a wonderful time <laughs> at our Kegs and Eggs St. Paddy's Day celebration. Um I'm surprised Scott's into St. Patrick's Day. Well, I don't know. He's it's... got a Celtic air yeah. about him. <laughs> a little bit Irish. Yeah. Um, so what – do you have any special beers planned for that? We do. So um, we've got one on tap now, um, the Speed of Darkness, which is our dryer stout that last year for St. Patty's Day. And it's kind of become a, a year-round beer now. Um but uh, we're also, we brought one along with us. We're going to be releasing Patty's Lament, which is an imperial red ale, Irish red ale. So uh, we usually have Dropkick on, which is a lower ABV one. It's a little bit bigger beer. It's an 8.2, a little bit more body, um, a bit bigger all around. So that'll be, uh, that's actually already on tap right now. But officially, it's going to be released on uh, St. Patty's Day. And what, what, what's the provenance of that name? I should know this, but I was probably uh, that is, uh, for the naming. <laughs> Like the Speed of Darkness, that is also a Flogging Molly song. A Flogging Molly song, okay. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I have this idea that I just need to find a brewery that wants to participate in mocking people. We were, we were talking about that the Smart Mouth Saturday morning IPA right before we started and all the ridiculous amount of hype that surrounded that beer which is kind of weird because it's not like they're the first brewery to make a marshmallow beer. There's tons of places I've put marshmallow into beers, but for some reason, like national media, I, maybe it was because the can looks like a Lucky Charms, 
um, can. And I mean, I fell victim of the hype. I had a friend that lives close there. I asked her to get me some. She stood in line for two hours and did not get any. Um, and then just like sent me a text and say, Hey, there are people selling them for $40 a can. I was like, well, you can tell them to go to hell cause I'm not giving anyone $40 <laughs> for a can of beer. Um, thankfully, uh, 1836 kitchen and tap room made my hype dreams come true and they got some and I was able to get a can from them. But what I want to do is with a brewery, make a marshmallow beer and just name it Saturday morning hype or something along those lines. So if if you want to take that idea and run with mm. it. And you, like, you 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 seem like the perfect person to throw some lucky charms into a brew kettle with. Yeah, well, we could just <laughs> or we just get a bowl of lucky charms and pour Patty's lament over it and just Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Saturday morning hype. There it is. Yeah. I was a Captain Crunch with Crunchberries kid, I think. That we have to do something with that. That probably go think... well with this Gosa. Yeah. I think Waverly may have used Captain Crunch. I definitely know they did use Crunch berries. I don't. Well, I mean, it was Jean Lafitte, the barefoot it would, pirate. It would. It would kind of be silly to like, Captain Crunch by itself is stupid. Like that's like, why would you even bother not yeah. having Crunch berries? Um, but I know they definitely did one with um, Booberry. Yeah. And then another year with Count Chocula. But I think they may have done a Captain Crunch one also. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to be first in this business at anything. You know, there's not too many ways to uh, distinguish yourself in an IPA for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, there's uh, not many things that people are going to want to drink that you can add to a beer that haven't been added yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I heard uh, at a BAM meeting yesterday. There's a, you know, the annual Maryland uh, beer competition coming. That most of the early entries, compared to last year, which was two thirds IPAs, the majority that have been brought forward so far have been porters and stouts. Hmm. So maybe a uh, IPA fatigue. I don't know. It could be it just or that or the early announcers are you know planning something different when it's, you, it's a crowded field the ipa competition yeah. so if you it do a, a, a different style you, you you're more likely to get that gold to, yeah to get a medal so when you when you did the cbd beer were, were there many did you look to see were there many other brewers that breweries that had made a cbd infused beer um i don't know of any except for the one guy that we were talking to yeah we talked to a a brewery in Florida, more about how to navigate the legalities of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, I mean, I, I, from what I understand, it's actually still questionable whether CBD is truly legal. Right. Because right. the law legalizes hemp but doesn't specifically legalize CBD. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't exclude it. Yeah. And we also used uh, terpenes in it. So uh, just to give it that accent, the flavor, aroma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he was helpful and and you know kind of gave us an idea on uh, the, the 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 blend and the levels and talked about their own issues with their state regulatory bodies. Were there regulatory issues in Maryland with being able to do that, or is this on the air? <laughs> <laughs> or do we just want to ignore this topic? Um, 
If we had canned it, we probably would have run into yeah, some we, difficulties. We, uh, we, we did it as a, a small batch uh, released on site and didn't package any of it. So gotcha. it was gone before anybody before showed up. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> the CBD really works. You have that third one, man, it really kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> I may not. You don't, yeah, the joint pain's completely gone. It may be hard to pinpoint where the relief is coming from after three, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll probably do another one. We we didn't get you know much pushback, but I guess we didn't really try real hard to get an answer. Uh, so, but we did everything by the book, listed it, and reported it, and so well, that's really all you have to do, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. Although I'm sure there's some someone at somewhere that would have a problem for some reason. Well, yeah, when we get a call now, Chris, we'll. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't, don't worry, ever no do that knows. again. <laughs> don't worry, no one's listening. It, yeah. I don't even think um, Graham's recording yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should, so, I think I can't. Let's no. Let's skip over the gluten free one. Skip the um, gluten free okay. for now. All but right. I, basically, I just want to try an Imperial Red, more or less. Sounds good. Do you mind pouring it over the top of a Goza? I do not, but I am going to pour over here because. We recently flipped the um, two-year-old beer-soaked uh, tablecloth, so I'm going to go with dumping the beer on the floor into the tablecloth nice pour. now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm <laughs> really good at pouring out of a crowler. People should take note on my methods. So I think right now, let's take it while we pour. Actually, I probably should have done that first, so people won't have to lift me ramble. Uh, take a real quick break to thank our sponsors. Um, and then when we get back, I want to uh, focus on the non-beer stuff. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. The Frederick Spirits Festival is coming back to the Frederick Fairgrounds on April 20th for a day of food, music, and local spirits. Find your inner mixologist with a cocktail mixing seminar with sampling included with a crafting pass, or join us for the spirits sampling by picking up a tasting pass. Liven up your liquor cabinet with local Maryland spirits. For more information and tickets, go to frederickspiritsfestival.com. So now we're drinking Patty's Lament, which may or may not be offensive because I can't remember. Um, but it's delicious. This is really good. So it's a, what an imperial red ale? Red. Yes. Uh, Imperial red, Irish red ale, ale. So it's similar to our, our dropkick red. It's just uh, a little bit bigger. So lots more malt, a um, little higher ABV. It's uh, six or 8.2%. It does not taste like 8.2. That's yeah. a dangerous one. All right. So the last time we talked about Rockwell, we got Scott and Matt's backgrounds uh what they were doing how they got into beer why so actually why did you want to open a brewery um i don't know 
I, just uh, wanted some place to go to drink. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I had uh, I was uh, I'd done a lot of small business stuff in the prior five or six years, and um, I was a home brewer, and uh, it really came down to um, trying to do something that I could at my advanced age sort of ease into a a, a retirement hobby slash. <laughs> a little bit of a money maker and you know leave the rat race and uh and, and i you know i always like this idea and uh i actually got it uh started registered the name and was putting the, the business plan together when when uh matt and i started talking about doing it together because he had a an idea of doing a farm brewery he has a his family has a big piece of land out near uh, jefferson he probably Told you that when he was here. So I don't know if we talked about that. Yeah. Someone responsible and professional probably would have listened back on that first episode. So yeah. you know what was said. I unfortunately am not that person. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know what he's... Okay. But I don't remember... We won't uh, quiz you on past podcasts. I don't remember that yeah. either. Well, then he may not have said it. Yeah, so he, um, he, he had uh, kind of chalked out a, a plan for something out there and... And suggested that maybe we pool our resources, and and I, and I had known Matt for a number of years, uh, socially. Our our backyards were kind of together, and uh, we 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 have been known to drink a few beers together. So uh, we did a couple batches of beer together, and one thing led to another. And he jumped on board, and the poor guy, unfortunately, had already had developed a name philosophy and a branding strategy, but uh, of Rockwell, and. Uh, but he's really grabbed it and, and added his own turn to it, which has been great. You know, the beer well tagline that we had was part of his work. And, you know, the well on the beer side and the music and the rock side. So it all it's all really been a, a great collaboration with him. And that's that's how we got started. So did I answer the question? I don't know. Probably. No. I yeah. stopped paying. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you did. I know. It was a bit of a ramble. But, yeah, we like beer. We drink beer, we brew beer, and we figured out in the first three or four months that brewing beer as amateurs is not the same as professional. It's just oh, really hello, easy Scott. money, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite thing, too. Well, you guys are killing it. You must be really just rolling in it. So, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work, and it's also fun, but uh, you got to stay on top of it. People drink the beer, and you got to make more. So... Another interesting thing you do that I find cool is you make guitars. Yes, yes, I uh, I, I have a hand in in luthery. Uh, I was going to ask you what what's that fancy word for it again because uh, I knew I was going to pronounce uh, well, it wrong. I've always called myself a guitar maker because a luthier is actually someone who works on stringed instruments, wood stringed instruments of all kinds. Okay, violins cellos mandolins and so forth but i just do guitars so i just don't know that i'm an actual luthier i'm a, I'm a guitar maker uh so yeah the uh, that's kind of how uh, rockwell brewery came along as i was building guitars under the name of rockwell guitars and my shop is on rockwell so i couldn't name it tinny guitars because like many guitar builders they use their name but yeah a tinny guitar is an attribute that you actually yeah. <laughs> try to avoid, so I didn't think that would go well. From a marketing standpoint, that might yeah. be, might have been yeah. a slight nightmare. Yeah, 
Uh, I haven't built as many in the past couple of years, uh, being busy and the other thing, but I didn't really come prepared to talk about this, Chris. I just, you know. I you just happened yeah, to, just happened to carry, carry a guitar around with you at all times. Well, this, this is not a guitar. Oh. The last thing I built, this is a, an Irish bazooki. It is uh, very timely. Very timely. I wanted to get it done before uh, St. Patty's Day and play around with it. Uh, it is a uh, instrument that was more or less invented by the Irish to as a an accompanier to uh, Celtic music in the '60s. And uh, a Greek bazooki, which is smaller, uh, but as an octave mandolin. And they took that and they, they did it on a standard guitar length scale. And then rather than making the, the four course eight string uh, instrument in octaves, a, a, a high string and a low string, they did it in unison. So it ends up, uh, you can tell I'm not really a player. Yeah, so I built a, my first Irish bazooki and had some fun with it. Um, the wood actually has an interesting story. I bought uh, a bunch of wood and did a table for my wife's shop downtown. She's in, a, in the knot house, and she and her mother uh, do all things yarn and knitting. And I built a table out of this beautiful mahogany, and I had some left over, so I saved it and ended up cutting some up and making uh, the mahogany side and backs. And the top is... Uh, Port Orford Cedar, which comes from the Northwest. Uh, I bought it while I was on a trip visiting my mother who lives there, and I asked the guy who held, had this exotic wood shop what was interesting, and he said, well, we just felled, uh, or we, we, we harvested a, a tree that had been sitting in a, a national forest preserve for close to 400 years, and they wouldn't let oh, anyone in to take it. So as soon as we got in, he knew this old tree had been down and, and, he, and he got so I grabbed a little of that and uh, yeah it turned out really well so how did you get into making guitars like how do you learn how to make a guitar because in my mind that just seems like a yeah extremely complex and difficult task well it, it comes in stages most guitar makers are guitar players and I started playing at a very early age I have a, a modest website, Rockwell Guitars, um, and I tell the story there. The first guitar I built, I was nine or ten years old, and I, I did it using a paddle from my grandfather's uh, canoe and a fishing line and so forth, and I thought it was great, and he said, yeah, that's wonderful. And then I found it <laughs> uh, torn apart and back in the canoe the next day. <laughs> so, uh, no, I... I uh, I, I always was fascinated by what was it that could make one guitar sound so great and another guitar sound so, you know, tinny. <laughs> and uh, just the idea of, of the fact that you could uh, customize a guitar and focus on tone and uh, uh, the aspects of it. So I, I took a year off uh, between pursuits and uh, went and, and learned from a master luthier up in southern Quebec 
His name is Sergey de Young. He's been building guitars for over 40 years. It just sounds like a guitar maker, or yeah. a luthier's name. Yeah. It fits perfectly. So lived there with him for a number of months and um, built my first two guitars and then went back for a second stint and uh, put a shop together in my garage and have been building for about uh, eight years now. So are you, when you're making a guitar, do you have like the tonal qualities in your head that you're trying to reach and then you can do certain things to get to that point? Or is it more of you put it together and then you find out how it's going to sound? Well, no, there's a lot you can do. Uh, and it usually starts, and all my guitars, all, all the ones I build are commissioned. And it starts with understanding what kind of music it's going to play. I have a preferred style that I like. It's more of a uh, a big, rich, deep, resonant guitar for fingerstyle playing. But if you're building a, t a guitar for someone who wants to just strum or is jazz and wants short, punchy notes, you don't want that sustain. You want a different style. So it's the bracing. It's the material you use. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, go into it. I infinite, really. But here's the, here's the funny part. When I started looking into beer, and, you know, we took the name Rockwell as uh, the name for the, the, the beer company, but that's after the guitar name because uh, one of my teachers uh, taught me early that there's uh, three pedestals to guitar building. It's the integrity, the structure. There's only, you, you can only build a guitar uh, so many ways that when you string it up, you know, the 80 pounds of torque on the top, it doesn't blow up. You have to do some things that have the integrity and structure. The second is the, the, the tonal qualities, the sound it's going to make. And the third is the bling, the artistry of it. What are you going to do on it, inlays and so forth. And on those three things, there's just infinite possibilities. So I get into beer making. Guess what there are? There's only three things. <laughs> beer is uh, the same foundations. You can only make it one way. It's, you know, uh, malts, hops, and water. And that's the structure. And you have to do that or it's not beer. Uh, then there's the tone of it, which is the flavor, all of the things you can do. And then the artistry of it, the, the color and the, you know, the feel and, and all of it. So handcrafted guitars, the artisan work of guitars and handcrafted beer, crafted beer and the artisan work of beers. To me, it just clicked. So that's where the, the link to Rockwell came from. And is that part of the um, motif of musical names for all of the beers it could, yeah. but matt's really into music too right? matt is huge into music and the thing is that our music styles complement uh and 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 are both disparate and comp and complement he he likes a certain style of music and i like another and then we we kind of blend that but yeah so scott all of just our, likes our, clutch yeah and scott <laughs> scott jumped right in and added the uh the heavy metal aspect of it going to a show tomorrow yeah <laughs> So we've had some fun with it. And, and yeah, all the beers are, have some element of music, whether it's the name of a song, of an artist, of a lyric. We have a, an English beer right now, an ESB, that we call Father Mackenzie. And I love the... Yeah, I try to get them a little mysterious. They don't always or sometimes just flat out. But, you know, Father Mackenzie is in the song Eleanor Rigby. He's the guy oh, that yeah. buried Eleanor Rigby and nobody showed up at the funeral. So I picture this Father Mackenzie... Go into the pub afterwards, and you know, 
having a beer. So, so why aren't you performing at the? I'm not much of a player. Uh. I'm more of a, <laughs> of a a builder than a player. But yeah. does that make it harder to, uh, to like make an instrument if you're not? Well, yeah, super proficient guitar. I, I'm maker good enough to know what a player. good sounding guitar is. Okay. So and, and uh, yeah, but I, I haven't played uh, uh, a lot in, in a long time. So, but I mean, I've been playing since I was very young. So that I helped. attempted to learn how to play guitar once. And I'll you want to give use, a bazooka, Ron? You sure? And I'll, I'll even use the word attempt as is loosely and probably generous. I I gave up pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like too much work. <laughs> so that's the story of guitars. And uh, so how long does it make? How long does it take to make a guitar? It takes about takes me about. I don't know, 120 to 150 hours, but you know, I never get that in a set amount of time. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do three to six guitars a year, but last year I only, you know, did two. So. So is a lot of that time, like, getting the wood to curve without messing it up, or, like, or is it just the whole process is complex? Well, it, there are, there's an order and steps to building, uh, bending the wood, uh, and uh, you know, carving the neck, doing things, and then the final, you know, pairing the box, setting the neck, and yeah, there's there's steps in it that have to be done with a certain amount of precision, or you end up with, you know, kindling, and uh, that's happened, and that's sad. <laughs> oh, that would. That's got like, yeah. Do you discover that early enough along, or is that like at the end you're finally stringing it up? I had it... I had one guitar that's actually in the hands of a, of a local artist here, uh, and the first neck on it didn't survive the uh, the neck setting, uh, so yeah, I had to redo that. But I mean, it's like anything; it, it's wood. It's after... It has a mind of its own. It, I mean. Sometimes it cooperates and sometimes it doesn't. After 100 yeah. plus hours of work, that's got to be yeah. as painful as dumping a batch of beer, maybe more. I, I can only speak to, well, actually, I can speak to both of them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's painful either way. Yeah. I think, Graham, you you made a video of him. It was. Oh, so I thought, okay, never mind. You, you want to make a video? Okay. <laughs> it was a fun one to make. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, so uh, we have another link to uh, my guitar building. We uh, have tap handles around towns and the restaurants that we serve beer. You'll see a guitar neck as a tap handle. And I actually, I make them in my shop, and I actually string them up. So if you can tune them and play them, they work really well when you set them on top of a keg. It, <laughs> it'll ring out. So That's easily cool. to recognize us. And uh, the fret board has a big Rockwell down it and the strings on it so so you, do you tune each one before they go out into the i try to but i don't think anybody pays attention to that <laughs> after they screw it on they uh they get busy serving the beer that's yeah, the other that, part yeah that may be a wasted effort yeah <laughs> well, that's pretty cool i it, it, things like that always amaze me because it's something i know there's no way i would ever be able to accomplish that uh, you're <clears> surprised 
You'd be surprised. No, I'm pretty sure. I I feel I feel uh, safe with the certainty that I will not be able to make You're it. You're not gonna be a luthier anytime no. soon. Okay. Yeah, I I feel very confident saying that will not happen. Okay. And I tried making a Pinewood Derby car a couple <laughs> years ago, and I failed fairly miserably at that. Yeah. And then. Um, Home Depot has those uh, kits where you take your kids to um, put together like birdhouses mm-hmm. or things like that, and they don't even want me to help them because I'm just going to make <laughs> it worse. So guitar making is not in my future. Can you make a, a, a an outdoor seating a bench? Because that's where all my shop time has been going. <laughs> that, a lot less, a lot, lot more. The tolerances and... Yeah, it seems more Sawing like benches. Ikea-esque assembly that that I can oh, handle. Okay. Like just driving some screws into wood that semi have to meet up at a predetermined length. I yeah. can somewhat handle that. I mean, as long as you don't want it to look good and be straight, I can. Yeah, I can build benches. Believe me, every one of these has something. When I look at it, I can find it. You you turn a flaw into a feature. That's, <laughs> that's, that's character. It does. So when are you going to have clutch play at the brewery? Uh, I think we're a little small for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as an intimate show. Yeah. I mean, JP's up there every once in a while, their drummer, and uh, maybe we get Mike Westcott. He plays in his band. So I've talked to uh, these guys about getting them up there. But, uh, yeah, we could do something like that probably. But, yeah, we're a little just small. Just have bits for, and pieces of them. Yeah. A little small to do clutch. We'd like to have music more than we do, but we're working with uh, the city to clear the way to have the breweries have uh, live entertainment. Right now, it's not it's not it's not even permitted. Oh, really? No. I thought that had Every, been fixed. No. So you have to yet. get a, You still have to get a special permit for each individual mm-hmm. event. Yeah. Which we went into uh, unbelievably naive when we. I mean, the whole idea of the Rockwell Brewery was to to have it be a a center for music, whether it's, you know, a guy on a stool or, a, you know, an accordion or, you know. And we learned quickly that that's not permitted right now. So even just someone sitting on a stool strumming on a guitar, that wouldn't be allowed? Technically, no. Huh. But it's the uh, man always trying to keep us down. That's what it is, yeah. Now, if somebody comes in with a guitar and is drinking yeah. beer just wants to start playing, and we're not going to stop. What are you going to do? <laughs> stop singing? I can't be rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, do you have anything else coming up that we want to go over? Or are we? Well, we have a whole list of uh, events coming in April and May. We're starting uh, yoga every Saturday morning uh, with Jessica Dulberger. We have our helper here. That has become a very popular yeah. thing for breweries. Yeah. Um, I guess there's just something like uh, rewarding yourself with a beer after exercise. Yep. Uh, in May, we have an official after party for the bike uh, to work day. Uh, we've become really good friends with the biking community. They held an event there last week at our brewery. Um, we'll have, you know, dollar off pints, and uh, if we wear an official bike to work day t shirt, and uh, Scott who's a, an avid biker, has put up a little repair stand right on our patio. You can fill your tires and 
We got lots of tools there too. Yeah, lots of tools. Gotta ask. You want to come work on your bike? I mean, uh, you can build a wheel there. Yeah. We've got a park <laughs> touring stand. Um, you know, pretty much most of the tools you need to do regular maintenance and repairs on uh, most bikes. In the coming day, if the East Street, uh, you know, plan goes through, that railroad track that's in front of us will be a, a walking, biking path. Allegedly, that is uh, already budgeted for and oh. set in motion. It was finished about a year ago, um, but that hasn't started yet. Okay, well. But, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, right in front of you guys. There will be uh, – uh, off-street path from right there. Well, once the track goes off of E Street and is by itself, there will be the trail goes there and then a bridge crossing over 26. And I think it ends somewhere behind Wegmans because ah. the um, city property ends there. Yeah. And then there's people we're, we're working on trying then to get the county to then continue it up to uh, Walkersville. So you'd be able yeah, to. Yeah, that'd be great. People oh. from Walkersville could bike down to Rockwell. Yeah. And then Uber back. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're happy to be a, a friendly way station on the bike path. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And anything else? Well, what other beers you got coming out, Scott? Coming out, yeah. Um, let's see. We got a Vanna Lager that's uh, in the tank now. Uh, I've got a Rye IPA coming out soon. Talk about Devil's Dance Floor. Uh, and Age of Consent. Devil's Dance Floor. <laughs> is, that's ready to go. We're just waiting for uh, a line to op- open up. That's a twelve point seven percent Belgian quad. My goodness. Yeah. So that's a a big one. It's a blended barrel-aged beer. Yeah, we've got an Imperial Stout also. That's, uh, I guess we're releasing that St. Patty's Day too. Yeah. Um, Last weekend, you released it. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, on nitro. I, I just got to clean that line and put it up. And we brought with us also um, our latest gluten-free beer, which is an IPA. And it's one I've done before. But I've never done it gluten-free, so I've never done a, a real IPA gluten-free. I wasn't sure how that worked out, and uh, it, we sent it out and had it tested, and it's tested. What, so how do you how do you make a gluten-free beer? It's amazingly easy. Hey, <laughs> All you do that's is that's a trade secret. Yeah, that well, <laughs> it's not now that the internet's out there and everything. You know, yeah, okay, pretty easy to find out. That's how I found out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. We were over in Scotland uh, over the summer, and I had pub do- or pub brew dogs, um, pale ale. It was gluten free, and it was really good. And I was just wondering how they did it, so I did a little research and found out that uh, it's an enzyme that's added to the fermenter during primary fermentation. So you add it when you pitch your yeast, basically, and you don't have to use a lot of it, and it drops all the gluten out in the cone. And you just Pretty much pull it right oh, off. So it's the not even altering the recipe or anything. No, it's you, huh. I've done it three times so far with three different recipes, and I've sent it to lab three times, and every time it tests below ten parts per million, which is the lowest they can test, and the threshold for gluten free is twenty parts per million. So it's like we're well below that. 
does that change does it change the mouthfeel or flavor or anything? I or is have, it this is the first beer I've done both ways and I can't tell the difference. I mean it's tastes exactly like the original. I wonder why all the early gluten free beers were awful. Because they were made with sorghum and, and oh, quinoa so they, and stuff so they like were that, yeah. they were trying to approach it from right. now the I, recipe standpoint exactly. instead of using gluten free. Not using barley. Yeah. Okay. Grain, yeah. So th- that's why I think a lot of people have kind of shied away from it and um, move up a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so much better you sound. That's... Yeah, I think that's why a lot of brewers have shied away from it, but it's really easy to do. And uh, so we brought some of that with us too. I wonder if that's just that like hadn't been discovered yet, because there was there's there was a few breweries that made a big deal about making them, but I never tried the beers, but I heard they were horrible. And I think it, yeah, Dogfish Head maybe made one of them and then like that was considered the first drinkable one but then there were a couple other ones that just were awful yeah, i mean I, I just didn't have any desire to to try them yeah so i didn't really try much until i had this one over the summer and uh i didn't even order somebody else ordered and i just tasted it <laughs> <laughs> what's well, i mean and, well i mean other than i will try it because you brought me some um, but without being told that every time I saw a gluten-free beer, I just, I wouldn't try it. Cause in yeah. my mind it was, it was sorghum or some other yeah. thing used to try to avoid. It's kind gluten. of a double-edged sword. We put that up on the board and people see it and they kind of shy away from it unless they're celiacs or gluten intolerance. So, um, I would just encourage people to try it. And if you don't like it, you know, that's fine, but, uh, try it anyway. Cause it's, uh, I mean, it tastes like a regular IPA. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I assume they all had to be approached from the the recipe standpoint, not including the barley and. Oh, what do we have here? This is a single malt whiskey that is absolutely delicious. That I made with McClintock, but I mean, we're only going to drink this if whiskey if and a thimble. If they're yeah, no. well, no, these are um, oh. these are for serving altar wine, I think, or they, you have to be a. Um, it's through a religious store that distilleries get these from. All right, now, now, now it's <laughs> offensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys have anything else coming up before we this blast is God the, shot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we 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 tend to plan only you know by looking at the stack of grain we have left. Sometimes so, hey, we get out ahead. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the beauty of having a small system. We can turn a lot of different styles, and we, we found that some we like to keep up as uh, of uh, you know flagship kind of year rounds. But Scott just does a fabulous job of on the creative side of coming up with new beers, and it's one of the reasons I think people come around. I love Earth Rocker. That's the one I yeah I like a lot. Right? Earth Rocker is a great. Yeah, one. we're that's uh, not on tap right now, but that's one I've done a few times. Yeah, and something Rider. Um, or- or is it run? Elephant Rider? Yes, Elephant Rider. Yeah, right in front of my face. Yeah, Elephant Rider. Those I are thought my two Cyborg Betty was, uh, that was yeah. one of his best Another IPAs. I clutch really named uh, yeah. IPA, yeah. <laughs> what percentage of your beers are named after Clutch? Uh, a lot of my IPAs are. That That's kind of how it started. It started the last brewery I was at. I was la- naming a lot of uh, um, IPAs after Clutch songs, and I kind of brought that over since they have – had the whole music theme thing going on that kind of fit in with it too, and then uh, I think he secretly wants to be on stage with them at some point. <laughs> yeah, 
And then one of my customers came back. I was back in the brewery one day, and one of my customers comes back and says, hey, I think JP's in your is in your tap room. <laughs> and it was him. So I went out and chatted with him, and it was cool. It's a good thing he didn't have the same fondness for the carpenters or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this is uh, single malt whiskey, uh, 25% chocolate malt, UK Golding, Meridian hops infused, made by McClintock. Um, I stood around and watched and definitely helped a lot. Yeah. Um, it'll be about out in uh, about a year. So thank nice. you, too, for coming on. Thank you for teaching me about guitar making and humoring me for. I know when you're ready diver. to place an order. <laughs> that would be. I mean, I actually, it's it's not. I waste money on a lot of things that I shouldn't. <laughs> so that's not outside the realm of possibility. That someday I'll like, you know, I just want a guitar to hang on the wall because that's. I'll throw in a crawler of beer. <laughs> that now it's affordable. There you go. <laughs> so, thank you all. Uh, cheers. 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 The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.